Hey guys, welcome back to our fifth episode of The Fault in Our Finances. Today we'll be talking about your first financial responsibilities when you turn 18. From opening up a TFSA account to tackling student loans, we're here to cover it all. So Danny, what is a TFSA? So a TFSA is an umbrella term. It stands for tax-free savings account. Any money that you put into it, anything you contribute, cannot be taxed. And there is a maximum, you can put in $6,000 per year, and that doesn't matter how old you are, you just have to be 18 to create the account. Okay, so do you have a TFSA? I do, I started mine about three weeks ago actually. I just called and made an appointment with my local branch and I was able to set up a meeting where he explained that there was a few different types I could go with. He personally recommended that I open a GIC account, which stands for Guaranteed Investment Certificate, as he knew that I have some money stowed away, but I still need to put some aside to pay for my college tuition. So when you put your money into a TFSA, it becomes inaccessible to you for a little while. So how long is your money inaccessible to you? There's a few different time periods you can do. Um, you could do a 14 month, 18 month, or a three year, there's five years, there's a few different ones. I personally went with a 14 month and an 18 month, just because I'm first starting off. And my financial advisor recommended I do a technique called laddering, which is where I have a few different ones set up. So really, I have money accessible to me, but I always have my money growing. So when you talk about having multiple going, like multiple, like a 14 month and an 18 month, what does that mean specifically? So you can have $6,000 in a TFSA account period. That's the rule. So I can't have 6,000 in one and 6,000 in another. It has to add up to $6,000. Okay. But if I split that $6,000 into multiple, the 14 month and the 18th month, for an example, I have money available to me in that year and a bit, mm -hmm. but I still have an amount growing too that I can pull for let's say my third and fourth year of college. Okay, so, and also when she says six, uh, $6,000, that's just for 2021. So she's added $6,000 in 2021, but in 2022, there'll be a right. new limit that you can add and you could add more money so that the more money you have in your account, the more it grows. So you mentioned taking money out of your TFSA account in your third and fourth year of university. So how has saving for university been going and what has changed now that you turned 18? Well, a lot has changed financially for me these last few years, considering that I have college to pay for. Um, I'll start off by telling you guys that I got my first job ever about a year and a half ago. Before that, I was doing like some babysitting and stuff, but nothing solid. So my main focus when I first got hired, actually, I had this big goal of paying for college before I started. Wow. So my retail job, it was fully focused on putting as much away as I could for college. So basically what you're saying is you're trying to do everything in your power to avoid having student debt. Yes, I hear everybody around me, my coworkers, and even some just other adults I know complaining about student debt. I actually saw like a survey recently that said like 70% of American citizens graduate with student debt. Which is just 70%. crazy. 70%. That is crazy. 
And when you have student debt, you have to consider that there's interest on that money. It's not just like a loan from the bank that you get, okay, I need $10,000 from you, here's the $10,000. Now you're paying back 13 and you're trying to work and do school. And, and the longer you have that debt on your account, the more interest it up. earns. So you might take $10,000, but you might end up paying $20,000 in the long run because it took you so long to pay back that debt and it collected so much interest. Aside from saving all of your paychecks, what else have you done to avoid taking out student loans? My first recommendation to you guys would be to consider where you want to go to college early. You might want to consider if you want a certificate, a degree, a diploma. You have to figure out what type of education you need for the job that you want. One benefit of thinking about college early is you consider where you want to go. When you think about out-of-province tuition, you have to think about now I have extra living costs. Anytime you have an opportunity to attend a local community college, you can save a lot. So Hannah, I know this is quite unique to your case, as if you guys didn't know, Hannah's going down to the States to play ball. What did you think about applying? Were you worried about crazy rates with international students? Yeah, so the way it works in the States is there's three different tuitions usually for a college or university. So they have the in-state tuition, which is the cheapest because they want to give their own residents the best rate of school. And then there's the out-of-state tuition, which is usually for um, American students from other states, or sometimes it applies to Canadians as well. And then there's international, so that's um, any other country uh, wanting to come to the school. So. It was really important for me to keep in mind that my tuition was likely going to be astronomically higher than what the actual tuition of that school would be. Right. Luckily enough for me, the school that I'm going to offers everybody in-state tuition. So I'm not paying any more than a local um, student would be paying. So that's a really big benefit because um, being that it's in the States, there's also the conversion of the dollar. So our dollar is roughly, what, 76 cents right 76 now? 76 cents, nothing good. <laughs> yeah, so um, it costs a lot more just by rate of exchange. Well, I'm sure that like aspect that school offers definitely drove you to choose them as well because you guys, like, you don't see that very often. The first thing people notice is international student tuition can be like insanely 75 percent of the yeah original, it's just I wild think. there was a couple other schools that i was looking at um a school that i'm going to right now is a state school there was also a private school that i was looking at it was a private christian school beautiful campus beautiful totally oh, want to go there my goodness. the tuition was seventy thousand american dollars per year that is just <gasps> insane oh, like there was no way God. There was no way that I would be able to afford it. So even though the school had a team that I would want to play on, they could offer me academic scholarships. Um, it was still just an insane amount of money that I was unfortunately not able to afford. So when you're looking at schools, regardless if you want to go to school in Canada, in your own province, in a different province, in the States, it doesn't matter. But the best idea is to look at the schools that are going to give you the best rate for what you're going for. So I'm going to a school in the States, but I managed to get the in-state tuition and I have 
um, a partial athletic and a partial academic scholarship. So the best way to knock off your tuition prices without going to your local community college is to look into scholarships and things like that to cut down your tuition costs. So I know I'm past the process of applying, I've been accepted, but what tips do you have for kids who are still in the application process or even just in the research phase of their college endeavors? I would definitely say to only apply to schools that you're seriously considering. There's a few reasons for that. Um, I was applying to schools up till about three months ago, so it's super uh, recent and fresh for right. me. One being just the application cost, so that would refer to you attempting to get into this school. You have to pay money, which is it's, crazy. Guys, it's like $130 minimum. Just to apply. And you have to realize that if you're considering, let's say, six colleges, you might want to narrow that down before you've spent $1,000 just trying to get in. Yeah, and the best way to do that is to take a real good look at your grades, a real good look at the programs that you want to apply for. Yeah, get realistic. Like, like, be realistic. What are the chances that I get into this school? And what are the chances that I end up going there if I get in? That's another super, super important thing, sorry. Um, are you gonna go if you do get accepted to this fancier or higher level school? Because let's say it's in BC and now you have living costs and different things like that to right. consider. Another really important thing to recognize with applying to college, it's a stressful process. There's a lot of forms, you have to get all of your grades and diploma marks in. So recognize that you have support around you. Guidance counselors are at every high school, and I know Hannah's, Hannah and I went to the same high school for a bit. Ours was super helpful. How did you use Mrs. Bennington to your benefit? Yeah, so our guidance counselor really supported me, especially since I was going to the States. So um, I was actually in grade 12, I was still torn. I was like, so I have two options here. I can either attend my local college and go to school in Canada, or I can take the US route and go play softball. So for me, she really helped me break down the costs, like tuition here versus there, um, uh, any scholarships that I could find to help subsidize my costs. She really helped me um, understand the entire process and make sure that I wasn't missing anything because it is really overwhelming and it's something that you really would have a hard time doing by yourself. Yeah, and you have to remember like these guidance counselors, at least for ours, we had a specific college counselor. They're trained to do this. They have connections at the universities. Maybe they know the colleges you want to like they know really the expectations the college has so can you maintain the grade average required they will give you a reality check as well they will they will make sure that you're applying to programs that it's feasible that you get in they're not going to say it's suitable for you yeah totally they're not going to say okay yeah you're going to get into this program that accepts five percent of applicants being realistic about what colleges will and won't accept you can help you save a ton of money in your college application process. One of our last tips about college savings is checking in with your parents about an RESP before you attend. Hannah, could you explain what an RESP is and what it does? So an RESP is a registered education savings plan that your parents created for you when you were a baby. So my parents um, opened an RESP 
as soon as I was born. So essentially what it is, it's a college savings plan that your parents can put money into every year or however often they want. And it is reinvested so it keeps earning money. So all of the money in the account um, is grown in the form of grants that the government gives you and um, interest that it earns and investments that the investments make money for you. So at the end of the 18 years that your parents um, have this account, you're left with a lot of money that has been earned in the form of bonds, grants, and then the money from the investments. So in order to pay for school, you can take it out and it helps pay for your tuition, your books, your residency, anything like that. Being aware of how much money you have for college can really narrow your choices too. So being aware of how much your parents have or really don't have to contribute toward your education savings, you can guide whether or not you can even afford an out-of-state or out-of-province college. And even maybe not out-of-state or out-of-province or out-of-country or whatever, or the fact that you may need more schooling. So for example, I have plans to go on to um, either a master's degree or something past my undergraduate degree. Mm -hmm. And that's going to cost a lot more money and being aware of how much money I have in my RESP savings and um, like my TFSA account or scholarship money, grants like that is going to be, help me be aware if I could afford another uh, degree or afford a master's degree mm -hmm. or if I need to go into student loans or things like that. That's definitely something I've considered because I'm also planning on getting a master's because I need it to be a registered psychologist. It's a requirement from right. the province. So even knowing, let's say you actually have a pretty good idea about what you want to do, being aware of the education requirements can help you plan your savings around how much education you need. Another way to cut down on college costs is to apply for scholarships. I know this has been a big part of me and Hannah's lives in applying for university as she has some sports scholarships, academic, there's all different kinds and you just have to be aware of what's available to you. How many would you say that you've applied for? What was it like? Um, so a lot of the scholarships that I've applied to have been fairly local which is um, a good way to kind of cut down the amount of I guess competition that you True. have because a lot of the scholarships that I see on websites like Scholar Tree, they are open to like Canada, US, Mexico, Jamaica. like everywhere. So those scholarship websites are really useful, but if you can find scholarships that are specific to your local community, you're way more likely to apply and actually win. So recently there was a scholarship put on by my local Optimist Club and it was just an essay contest. I submitted my essay and I ended up winning the scholarship. So um, the best thing that I would suggest in a scholarship application is keep it local and just be realistic with um, what, ones you, what ones you can win. And don't be afraid to apply the ones that are out there as well because um, you're not going to win if you don't apply. <laughs> you have to try. Yeah. Another thing I would say is to look for scholarships run through your workplace. I know Starbucks has one, Burger King has one, Tim Hortons McDonald's. has one. McDonald's. We, um, actually, Hannah and I have a scholarship available to us to apply for through um, Indigo chapters. Um, even your parents' jobs as well. If you're 
a child of, that's what a lot of the scholarship requirements say. So check in with your parents and see if they've heard many scholarships available to their relatives. And even entrance awards. So my university has entrance awards that I can apply for. It's just a general application form. You check some boxes, you write a few sentences, all of a sudden, boom, you're applied to 35 scholarships that are specific to your school. So just make sure you're on the lookout for things that are gonna cut down on your tuition. If you're struggling to find scholarships, I would recommend signing up for email notifications from a lot of different scholarship websites like Hannah mentioned. I know the ones that I use most often are Scholar Tree, Scholarship Canada. There's one I think called Grant Me as well. Yeah, Bold.org. So, yeah, using your, um, sorry, using the internet as a number one resource can definitely help you find some kind of ones you wouldn't have thought of before. The last resource that I would suggest to check out is either your federal or provincial government websites. They often have um, a variety of different bursaries, scholarship programs, grants, and even opportunity for federal or provincial student loans. So that's another great resource to check out to help you pay for school. Alrighty guys, that's it for today's episode of The Fault in Our Finances. Be sure to tune into our Instagram at The Fault in Our Finances for any scholarship websites, book recommendations, and other tips we have for saving for university.